you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. What an honor it is to go across your earwaves and uh, just to be out there with you guys and, and, and great. Uh, we think it's great. So some of you may have been confused yesterday. What happened is we, we have a gentleman named Ken and he schedules our broadcast. And the way he does that is I number them one through 10, for instance, and something happened. So the week before last, he actually scheduled two podcasts uh, or two broadcasts on a Tuesday, and most people listen to one. So yesterday on Monday, I replayed the second one that was put out there that a lot of people missed and said, hey, Doug, something's goofy about the order here. So I replayed that. So here we are on Tuesday, and uh, with me is my friend Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. Catch us up, brother. We, we need a location. I think last time we spoke, I mean, uh, you were in Colorado, so. Oh, was I in Colorado? Okay. I think yeah, so. I went from, yeah, I went from Salt Lake City to Colorado across a windy Wyoming. And then I went from uh, Colorado, what uh, was just fantastic. Uh, I mean, in every way, it's just spiritually and just, it's beautiful, you know, on the front range there, the mountains. But then I headed uh, to my home church, which is in Wichita, Kansas, and, um, yeah, what started a, a chapter of Wounded Spirits there. You talk about some fired up people. And uh, so now I am I find myself in Harrisonville, Missouri, which is near Kansas City. My dear friend, my dear supporting church, Pastor Brian Hedges. And uh, man, do I love yep. those people. And, and uh, just so thankful uh, that you had the opportunity to go by and see them. And uh, so, dear friends, a lot going on. Uh, as we wrap up, we're getting close. Uh, matter of fact, Kevin and I are going to start looking at um, uh, going into the life of Christ and how we can look at Christ's life and the things he's done for us and will do for us and has been through for us and how we can look at those in our life, people who've been hurt, people with PTSD, people who've been through the junk of life, people who, uh, you know, folks, everybody needs this. We need to look at Christ because he did so much and he's still doing so much and and god's not dead my dear friends he's sitting on the throne and yes. uh, uh we got to remember that you know sometimes we get to this position where uh man we think that that maybe god's died or he's dead you know i was in a liturgical type of christian background back in the day and we used to actually have christ still on the cross we called it a crucifix and so as we would look behind the uh, pastor, we would see this cross with Christ on it. Well, I'm here to tell you today that Christ is not on the cross anymore. Christ, <laughs> Christ is on the throne. And, Praise uh, God. And you can, you can count on that. So a lot going on with me. I, I'm going to share one funny thing that happened to me that out of a not-too-funny thing, but I think you guys will kind of enjoy this. So uh, for the last eight years or so, I've had this little spot on my ileum, which is where your little intestines hooked to your big intestines and I go in every year year and a half or so and they take this picture called an MRE it's MRIs and they put this stuff inside of you that gives me welts it's just 
just an ugly situation. I have to take all kinds of allergy medicine. But this year when they looked, it was like a shadow. Things looked like they were getting bigger. So it turned on a whole bunch of other tests. I tell you all that to say, as far as I know, things are fine. I'm waiting on a couple biopsies, but I'm sure things are fine. But we went in to pray, and this made me think about what we as Christians can do. We were we went into the uh, to the procedure room, and when we got in there, we all held hands and prayed. And there was this one nurse, and there this one lady, and I mean, she prayed down heaven, folks. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, I just had a quick mm-hmm. prayer. You know, everybody held hands or whatever, and this lady's like, you know, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, in <laughs> the sweet name of Jesus, I beg you, pray. And, God. and I'm telling you, she prayed for, I don't know, just a minute or two. But when someone's praying on your behalf like that, so where does that all come? Mm-hmm. Folks, today, in deciding where we go right now as we transition from narcissism, as we move into the life of Christ, and we're at a place right now where I want to talk about when trouble comes. And these things happen when you need someone to pray for you, when life's upside down, when things don't feel the way they should feel. And, uh, you know, when trouble comes. So I want, I want you guys uh, uh, to think about this. The Bible's real clear on this. I think over in James 1, 2 through 12, I pulled up 75 companion verses over here, but it says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, and that means trials when trouble comes, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect an entire wanting nothing. And we're going to stop right there in that one through 12. We're just going to start in those verses two through four. And, and these verses really encourage me, Kevin. They, they encourage me that we need to consider it a joyful thing when God gives us a trial. That's hard. We look at trouble. We look at trials. We look at this thing that comes along and here's God saying to us, he's saying, you know what, Doug? He's saying, consider this a joyful thing because it's going to give you more patience. It's going to give you, it's going to produce, you know, the testing, this trial, this trouble, it's going to produce a better product called Doug. It's going to make you more patient. It's going to give you more endurance. And I mean, Kevin, this, God's saying this will help us. Yeah, there's, there's purpose in struggles. There's with the Lord, there's direction. There's, you know, it's, it's forward. It's, it's upward. I, I, I preached last night on, uh, there's a scripture there in Psalm 116 that says he did, he hath delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears and my feet from falling. And there's, that's basically all contained in this, this idea that God gives rest. That's that I preached last night on return unto thy rest. And that was the, the verse proceeding. But, but anyway, the, uh, the idea is that, uh, that last part, he has delivered my feet from falling, meaning we can go up upward. You, you know, your feet are on the ground. Your feet can't fall if they're on the ground. So it's implying you're climbing, you're on the side of a wall. And, I, and we talked about the goats that climb up vertical dams you know, side of a vertical dam or the side of a vertical cliff these goats because they really want some salt or some plant that's that's you know on these rocks up there but you know um that's that just goes to show you know direction god wants the you know the, the path is up it's not the easy way it's the upward way um if you're in the bottom of a dark pit um don't start digging you know, I, I said that last night, don't start digging if you're at the bottom of a pit, you know, the heathen are falling, 
into the pit that their hands have made. So if, if the, if the devil digs a pit for us and then trips us up to get into it, don't start digging, you know, go up. So it's upward. So yeah, our troubles have purpose and direction and, um, there's something going on in, on the heavenly side that we can't see, but, uh, it's, it's like the uh, picture of the, you know, the little kid that looks up at his grandmother doing needlepoint, all he sees is the bottom of this hoop with the fabric stretched over and she's doing needlepoint. And, you know, from the bottom, it is ugly as sin. It looks terrible, but on the upper side, she sees a beautiful pattern. And so, you know, the kids like grandma, you make terrible stuff. And she's like, no, I'm making beautiful things. Just wait. And that's what God's doing. He's making something great with purpose, with direction. And, um, we do have to wait though. And we do have to, uh, trust and obey and and go upward, you know, start climbing out. And, uh, eventually we'll find out God was there all the time. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the sanctification process, uh, involves these things. You know, it's a lot of people think that, well, I'm, you know, we know that sanctification means become more in Christ, more Christ-like. So we go out of our way to learn God's word, to apply those things to our life. But I've also found that as we study learning from God, that in the midst of all this, God takes trials, God takes troubles and, uh, and, and, and he makes us, he builds us. And, um, you know, the pressure that Cole's under to become a diamond, uh, uh, a little piece of stand uh, mm-hmm. causing pain to an oyster makes a beautiful pearl. And, and so God wants to do something with us. And part of the problem is I personally, so I'm speaking of me, I, I, I don't want to always be pointing the finger at you folks out there. I believe me because this is everybody alive. And, and, and so if you, I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying, man, you know, don't freak out. We all freak out, but somewhere along the way, when we get in that trial and the freaking out stops and we get off our knees, God's going to remind us, Hey, I'm doing something here, Doug. I'm doing something. So folks, what I would tell you is that's when you pull out the pad and the piece of paper and you start writing the things you've been through. And that's when, if God allows you to come through the other end of that, and you come through the other end of that trouble and there's some plane or plateau you're on and, and life is moving. And then like Kevin says, we start climbing. When that climb begins, it means helping other folks. We got to help other people climb. Along the way, we reach down in those pits and pull people out. And we say, hey, we've been there. Listen, folks, we'll be yeah. right back with you. Hold on to this thought. We'll be right back. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. And so part of this healing process, part of this trouble process is is developing that patience and endurance and and you know god reminds me that once we start getting patient we're more apt to listen to more people to listen to what they have to say and once we get more endurance in these areas where we have more strength 
to pull people out of pits, to dust them off, to open the word of God and show them and, and say, hey, it's going to be all right. It's, it's going to be okay. I went through that. I've been there. And, and you know, folks, even if it's not going to be all right in this world, there's a place we're going where it's going to be great, Kevin. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Again, that's that, the, the glory of the purpose. I love the scripture that says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding weight of glory. So, you know, if we can just keep in mind, and, and it's, it's not human nature to live for the future, it's, it's human nature to live for now, but but if we can keep in mind that we're on, you know, on the left side of the scale, when God is dumping onto our side of the scale, a, a at the present, the present side, um, some affliction, it's light. It's it, there's not much weight to it, though. For us, it feels like it's extremely heavy because it's more than we we're asking for, and it's more than we're used to. But on the other side of the scale, God is way overcompensating it with eternal glory and he is he has god is over or excuse me under promising and over delivering if i can use those salesy terms you know we have a god that says believe me trust me it's going to be fine and uh you know i was thinking of the scripture doug uh, before I hand it back to you, where it says in Job 4, to 34, 29, when he giveth quietness, who then can make trouble? And when he hideth his face, who then can behold him, whether it be done for a nation or against a man only? So um, I can't remember if that's Elihu talking. It's I've got it on, uh, I just searched for it, but uh, on my Bible app. But when God does, uh, I can find it, figure it out right here. Just click on it. So this is Elihu talking and uh, a type of Christ. And, and what he's saying is when God gives quietness, who can make trouble? Yeah. And God uses his wonderful Holy Spirit to actually convert heaven's peace to earthly peace. You know, his will is done in us, as you know, heaven on earth, let thy will be done on earth as is in heaven. So God has a heaven that's full of peace. And in that peace, uh, from that peace, he can then transfer it to us. I love the scripture that says in, in the book of John chapter 16, that um, he, that is the Holy Spirit, shall take of mine, that is God, and shall show it unto you. And, you know, God has this peace that just passes understanding. Uh, uh, you know, I'm looking out my windshield right now, and I see these transformers hanging on poles. A transformer takes tens of thousands of volts, depending on this, you know, the, the, the part of the grid that it's on, but tens of thousands of volts and steps it down to ultimately to 110 volts, 220, you know, type of thing, but, you know, a phase of 110. So God's Holy Spirit is the transformer that steps down the situation of heaven and makes it adaptable to, to, to a human being through Christ, through salvation. And then as we yield to that as a Christian, he gives quietness. Who could make trouble? There's, there's just something about 
the blessed quietness, Doug, that we can enjoy as Christians that no one else can even pretend to have. It's it's Paul talked about this comfort that we you mentioned being able to give it to someone else. Yeah, now don't uh, go well, there, brother. I, I I had Joe pulled up and you talked about that. And then okay. I pulled up Second <laughs> Corinthians. So don't start talking about that, brother. I'll stay in my lane <laughs> All right, now yeah. that I know it. <laughs> yeah. You had Job and I'm like, man, I went right back to the computer and typed in the next stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, praise praise the Lord. You know, yeah. we have a we have a, a, a the same spirit inside of us. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. he gives quietness and who can make trouble? Think about that. So um there's just situations I was thinking about, and I don't know where it's at. It's in the New Testament in several places in the gospels. Jesus said, When you're going out into this world witnessing for me, and you go to a home, if the son of peace be there, let uh, your peace remain. But if the son of peace be not there, let your peace return unto you. And that's the same idea. As we go through life, you know, we encounter things. And if God's giving peace, you know, the context that Jesus was talking about, as we're witnessing for him and we experience that God is in this thing, that his peace is remained. If the dove lights on you and on that situation, on that home, as it were, then we should be able to let our peace remain there and say, you know what? I'm at perfect peace because God is at peace. God is in this. And yeah. uh, praise the Lord. If God's in things, then that's where our peace is at. But if the dove leaves, if if the dove doesn't have the olive branch yet, um, you know, then it's time to say, "Whoa, hold on! I want to stay where there's the peace of God." Because when it's there, who can make trouble? Yeah, you know, the Apostle Paul, when dealing with the church at Corinth, what we were just laughing about a minute ago. He, he, he wrote a first letter, and he corrected him and, and pointed out 30 mistakes, one for every day of the month. And, and boy, every seminary student who's ever went to Bible college has had to deal with, you know, that book to, to their church at Corinth. And then the second book to the church at Corinth comes along, and what an autobiographical, what a wonderful book about the troubles, yeah. the trials, all those things going on. All of a sudden, Paul's, he's not saying, hey, you guys are jerks, stop it. He's saying, hey, I need your help, and and let me talk to you as folks who are at the same level as me now. You're doing things right. It, there's nothing better uh, than being corrected by your mentor, your founder, your former pastor, getting right and have that guy call you up and say, I need your help, too. This is what we're going yes. through. And then by then, as we go on through to the church there at Corinth, we find ourselves uh, here in in the second book of Corinthians, and in in he's talking about these trials, these troubles, these terrible things. And in a minute, he's going to tell us about some of the things he's been through about being pressed beyond measure. But he says in verse four of second Corinthians chapter one, who comfort us all in tribulation and troubles and trials that ye may be able to comfort them, which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us. So, folks, listen, you know, we're not the only one going through this. We're buying in. God's with us. Christ is with us. He's alive. We're in Christ. We could do a whole show on just being in Christ. Uh, 
And as the suffering of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. Christ consoles us. Christ gives us those things and, and that get us out. Christ reaches down in the hole and pulls us out. Christ dusts us off. Christ brings us to the next place. So you say, Brother Doug, what is this all getting at? Exactly what Kevin and I was saying. There's, there's a hole. There's heaviness. You are heavy. You know, there's a heaviness that comes along. There's a depression. There's a time. And God's saying, hold on. We're, we're looking at this as the world looks at these things. And we don't deal with things the way the world looks at things. We deal with troubles and trials in our joyful way and know that we're coming out the other end more patient. Know that we're coming out the other end uh, more resolute, more endurance, uh, more wanting to help our brother down the road, more Christ-looking, more godly-looking, more polished up, more willing to go to the next hole that we find mm-hmm. someone in and pulling them out. Instead of pushing yeah. more people in as the world do, we pull people out. <laughs> and hey, uh, and we dust them off and say, hey, God helped us. He can help you. Folks, we sure do yeah. love you, folks. I mean, this time went right by today. But listen, we're coming back tomorrow. We're going to cruise through that uh, book of James, chapter 1 there, 2 through 12. And uh, we look forward to being with you. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.